You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. All right, Dallas came in last in our offensive coordinator rankings. Uh, however, Logan, I do think they probably come in first with Dan Quinn, who is not just probably the best defensive coordinator in the division. He might be the best defensive coordinator in the league. Yeah. And if you look at the last 10 years of NFL football, I don't know how many guys have a better resume than Dan Quinn going back to obviously leading those legendary Seattle defenses to multiple Super Bowls back in the day. Yeah. And yeah. And when, and when you, again, it's like, it's so funny because everyone runs cover three, everyone wants Tampa two, everyone runs these line stunts that they are really, really good at in pass rushing situations on our first, second down. They just do it better. They just do it with a violence and a speed and a, um, and a confidence that, not a lot of teams like when you turn on Dallas tape. Now it's not always clean, you know it is like there's mistakes here and there, but the the like when they're rotating the cover two out of this weird cover three man look and the the, the nickel guys, the the Tampa two player, and it's just like and everyone's flying to the spot, the rushers on the games, they're not running into each other, there's not these miscommunications, it's just like high definition stuff. And I think Dan deserves a ton of credit for that. Now, are they always super sound? Um, in the back end, no, but, but a little bit, that's the personnel like Diggs is going to do what Diggs is going to do. But I, I think it's just, again, they don't do a ton of overly complicated stuff. They do, they do like two, th- they do three things. They do them really well. They, they, they marry them together really well. They disguise, you know, they disguise their cover two or the Tampa twos to look like zero man, right? They disguise their zero man to look like cover three. And so you don't really know. And I remember when they played, Washington in the last game, it was like uh, the, the game that Cole Holcomb had a pick two years ago um, for a touchdown. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Taylor Heineke just had no idea what was going on the whole game. Like no idea what was happening. And then it was like they got one big play, and that was like the whole offense for the for the commanders. And when you watch <clears throat> Dallas week in and week out, they do a really good job of like having a very detailed rush slash blitz package, but also – Knowing how to knowing what they do really well and then matching it really well at a high level. So I think that um, to me, it's it's easy to say he's number one. I played for Dan. Like Dan is an awesome human being, an awesome coach, an awesome leader, an awesome motivator. Like that's another thing he's excellent at. He's good at building like a a culture and getting guys to buy in at a super high level. And I love Dan Quinn, so that's like an easy pick for me. But I think also, despite my personal relationship with him, like the film supports what he's doing. Yeah. So I think when you look at like kind of the rubric, if we take the same step back that we 
took after, you know, looking at what makes the best offensive coordinator uh, in the division. We take like, what makes good, uh, what makes Dan Quinn great. And, and, you know, okay, that's kind of the rubric. It's some of the same stuff, right? Like, do you yeah. understand who your personnel is? Do you play to your strengths? Do you cover your weaknesses? Like, I think it's even more important on defense to play to strengths, cover to weakness or cover weaknesses, um, and to be ready. And, and I think that can be both schematically and personnel wise. And, and that gets to digs, right? Like, they let digs be digs because yeah. the upside is worth it. And they put things in place to, you know, like the safeties know that he's going to gamble. Right. Like, they're cognizant of that. They're coached up to say, like, hey, man, uh, Trayvon's going to probably take a couple of risks. Can you try to make sure that you cover for him if he does? Like, you see those things. And so um, it's going to be interesting this year now that they have uh, Gilmore on the other side, how yeah. they play that and um, how they how they kind of use this new strength they have. Um, but obviously they, they've done an, an incredible job of maximizing Micah Parsons the last couple of years. They've done such a good job of, of you know, covering for when they've had defensive tackles out and, and some of the injury issues yeah. that they've had, their linebacker situation has been super messy and it's hurt them because talent missing hurts. But yeah. I think overall they've done a good job of, of consistently staying in games and, and being competitive on that side of the ball. And um, I, I also think that, you know, we talked about McCarthy's uh, I don't know, lackluster, uh, yeah, lackluster creativity. Yeah, that that nature. Like, there's a reason that Jerry Jones was fairly desperate to keep Dan Quinn in town. Um, You know, okay, McCarthy's our guy as the head coach, but like, we want the fire and ice of Dan Quinn as the as the guy on the other side of the ball that can bring up the room. Um, And and so I I think that you know his just like Eric Bieniemy's impact is now larger than just his role as offensive coordinator. I think Quinn has that in Dallas, and and I think it's with all due respect to I think I think we're looking at four good coordinators here. Um, yeah. You know, obviously Sean Desai, we'll talk about at some point in these rankings, has has a lot to prove, uh, doing it for the first time. But like we're talking about four good coordinators, and I think Dan Quinn is is safely number one, which is saying something about Dan Quinn. Yeah, safely it depends. It kind of beauty's in the eye of the beholder, probably. But yeah, I mean, they just did a great job last year. They did a great job on, on all levels, and I think that's really important. I think your comparison to Eb there is really apt in the sense that like he's a he's a culture guy as much as he is an X's and O's guy. And I think when you get guys again who are bought in, care about what you're doing, um, they want to play hard for you. I think that there's a lot of value there. So you know, from a from a scheme standpoint, and I, and I love that he got outside of his comfort zone, man. Like, you know, he was he his his bread and butter was this cover three, you know, very, um, I guess, kind of vanilla conservative defense, right? You know, everyone, everyone, the Seattle cover three, right? It was everyone knew yeah. what to do. Like I could draw it up in my sleep because you saw it so much after they were really good at it in Seattle. It was essentially the same version of like, um, you know, Tampa two, when everyone, when uh, t- the Tampa Bay Buccaneer- Buccaneers were running Tampa two all the time, like they just had the personnel do it. And so for Dan to kind of say like, this is where I made my money. Like, how do I innovate off of this and kind of come up with a new scheme? I think again, just deserves a ton of respect. Like they blitz more now, you know, they're more aggressive in terms right. of his adaptation like, over the, the years and evolution has been really impressive to watch. And so like, yeah, Dan to me is, is number one. And again, you know, he's got a lot of the, the, the horses to get that done. I think a lot of people say, well, what about Wink, you know, getting it done with less. I just think I just think there's something about what Dan's doing down there in Dallas that is innovative. It's detailed. It's exciting. You can tell the guys are bought in. It'll be interesting how it goes, you know, as the personnel starts to wane, because that's always what happens, like because you paid your quarterback, you've got money invested elsewhere. But 
Um, I think last year is a really good indicator for Dan, for sure. All right, so that leads leaves Desai in Philly, Jack here in Washington, and then uh, Wink Martindale in New York. Who do you got number two? Yeah, so I think this is it's kind of a two horse race here, and I think I, I think everyone's going to say Wink, and I think probably Wink deserves it given the personnel, but I also think Wink is exciting. He's exciting to talk about. He's like essentially like the most extreme offense you can think of. You know, like the uh, um, like the Texas tech spread offense version of defense in the NFL. Like he is doing some stuff that is just not, it's a little outside the box, you know? And I think that that, um, that is one reason why everyone's like wink Martindale, wink Martindale. But I think Jack deserves a ton of credit, man. He came up with some really excellent game plans. Think about, you know, them versus Philly, them versus Minnesota, like, and just able to kind of put his guys in good positions. And again, he's got good horses here too, but it's, it's really good in a different way. And I think as much as Jack is kind of this polarizing figure, you know, for stuff that he says, like he is a, he's a smart dude, man. He's a really smart coordinator and they've been very, very successful. Like, you know, bringing in like Casey Tuhill, bringing in James Smith Williams guys to, and then not losing a beat, you know, like the evolution of Jamin Davis, like knowing when to push on players and when to pull back, like the, the innovative stuff they're doing with nickel and dime coverages, the way they utilize cam curl, the Cinco front, all that kind of stuff, man, it's it's impressive. And I look at like what they did against the 49ers, for example, and they did a great job against the 49ers outside of like two plays, you know, and I, right. the offense wasn't doing anything in that game. So right. I think Jack deserves a ton of credit. It's a little bit more traditional, I guess, you know, in his approach when you're comparing it to Wink. But I, I really think it's like kind of either or and kind of whatever you're thinking about. And the only reason I might give the edge to Wink is just because they had not a lot of talent in the back end. And he was like, we're going to do this hyper-aggressive blitz scheme with guys that aren't very good. I don't say they're not good because I think they played well, but I'm going to find a way to coach those guys up and do what I want to do and play this kind of high-leverage defense that allows not only elevates our defense, but also elevates the team and our offense. So um, I think it really just depends because I think they're both excellent. So Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, it's really hard to split split hairs here because you're, you're ranking two very different guys. Like you said, Jack, um, you know, polarizing for reasons that have nothing to do with football. Um, I've talked about those on the radio before that's a different show, different segment, but like as a coordinator, as a, as a personnel manager, um, what he did last year was really impressive. Um, and by the way, he did it under fire and it was a fire that he set under his own, his own seat with the things that he said. And then, you know, off the field, he said, and then the Jamin Davis stuff, when he kind of lit Jamin up in the, in the press and, you're going, what are you doing, man? Like, are you trying it? Like literally it felt like he was trying to get fired, but you know, when it came to the Jamin stuff, he was right. Um, yeah. or at least, at least it worked, you know, yeah. whether it would have worked anyway, and that actually wasn't the best approach, you know, that's, that's the kind of, you know, what's that called? Not a false, uh, that's, it's just the alter it's an alternate universe that we'll yeah. never know. Um, but clearly, you know, a to B it worked. And, and I think the other thing too, and talking to guys like Montez and, you know, you, you listen to John and like these guys 
these guys respect Jack and what he, the positions that he puts them in and, and how he uses them. I think you're a hundred percent dead on too with, you know, the, the nickel and dime coverages that they use and, and how they've utilized a guy like Cam Curl and this Buffalo nickel stuff. They just figured out how to utilize the personnel that they had, which also, by the way, um, not an accident. I don't think that it matches the way a lot of modern offenses yeah. are running. Like we need to get more speed on the field, but we still need to be solid against the run. How do we do it? We invent this Buffalo nickel where we have yeah. a bigger safety and it started with Landon. Um, and, and then, you know, in, in a way it almost started with Landon as a way to get him to play yeah. linebacker without right. calling it linebacker. Um, but you, you would kind of invent this position that as a hybrid of roles and, and it works and then, uh, it becomes a part of, of who you are defensively. So, I think Jack's really impressive, but like you said, Wink doing it, like the question would be if we're going to rank coordinators, right? Um, and again, this is a, a hypothetical, but it's the best I got in trying to separate the hairs here. If Jack had Wink's talent and Wink had Jack's talent, who would do better? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a, it's like one of those alternate universes thing, but I think, I think if I was going to say one thing is Wink seems to have like a superpower, like an elite trait. In, the, in his blitz packages, like his ability to consistently just break protection schemes week in and week out, not just of the commanders. I know I've talked about that a lot with like the commanders and, you know, the famous Charles Leno double bump, which we've talked about on the show a ton. Uh, yeah. But he does it every week. He does it every single week. So to me, I want a guy who's thinking about football that way, who's making blitz packages that way. And I know, um, you know, that's an element of that, that Jack has has developed and but it's like Wink might be the best in the league at that, you know, like, and I think yeah. having a coordinator like that with the talent on this defensive line. And again, like one of the things, again, Jack deserves a ton of credit for this too. Like they, he has cultivated an environment from a rush standpoint where it's like, I want you guys to work together as four guys rushing cohesively. I'm not going to work this crazy blitz scheme. I'm going to say like, Hey, you know, like you communicate with the end. If the end gets high, you're going to do this. If you get high, the end's going to play off of you. And when that works, it's almost unblockable, you know? So they've gotten to it in different ways, partially because he's got maybe the best defensive line in football. I'm talking about Jack, but I think I would right. probably give the slightest edge to wink, just the slightest edge. And again, that's team football up there. You know, they're running the football a ton. They're possessing the football at a high level. So they're not leveraging him in quite the same way, but I just, I don't, you don't see that ability to just break protections the way he does that often. And it's not a knock on Jack because I love what he's done here. Again, super innovative. And it's it's really like a 2A, 2B situation, like kind of depending yeah, on what you have and what you need. But I would give the slightest edge because we have to rank it to Wink. I agree. Um, and we've seen Wink do it, right? When he was in Baltimore, he had elite personnel yeah. uh, and they were very, very, very good. Yeah. Um, Jack, you know, in 2021, that was not great. Um, that, yeah. that year of, of team football for them. So, um, but the year before 2020, they finished fifth in the, the league in defense, obviously making the playoffs as a seven and nine team. So, you know, we've seen it when you're coach long enough, you're going to have some level of mixed results. Jack's mm -hmm. largely been very, very good. Link Wink's largely been excellent. Um, yeah. I would give a slight nod to Wink. We should talk briefly about Sean Desai, um, yeah. who is young, exciting defensive coordinator in Philly. Um, they really, really like him. Um, he comes off kind of the Vic Fangio tree, yeah. which I think is probably, would you say like fan, the Fangio style is, is become the most common in the league at this point? Um, you got guys obviously like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brandon, uh, the head coach in LA. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Brandon Staley. Really, um, yeah. You have, you have, coaches around the league off that Fangio tree. Fangio's still in the league, I think as well. Yeah, um, he's in Miami, got a DC job in Miami, right. right. 
So, um, you know, I, I think that Desai is very exciting. He's young, he's energetic. He's, um, you know, he's, he's supposedly very detail oriented. I think he could be great at this, um, but he just hasn't done it yet. So when you're, you're behind Jack Del Rio, Wink Martindale and Dan Quinn, um, it's yeah. easy to put you forth when you haven't done it yet. Yeah. And I think the other thing about him that's exciting is the personnel seems to fit what Fangio wants. You know, I was with Fangio in Chicago and I guess Desai was like a defensive assistant. I don't even know that when I was there. So I feel yeah, bad. Not... Defensive quality control coach. Yeah. So he was in the closet somewhere, you know, typing up cards and I never saw his face. But um, but I will say the thing about Fangio, like when that's when that system is good. And so basically like high level, the system is basically saying we're going to kind of buck traditional trends and not be plus one in the run game. We're going to rely on our defensive line and our linebackers to be good enough to play you one for one. And then you have plus one with the back. So like with a seven man blocking surface, most people will play an eight man kind of run structure so that they can make sure they have one guy for the back. But basically what they're saying now in this Fangio philosophy is we're going to um, kind of be one down as a run team and then plus one in the back end. So that makes sense. That's where everyone's going. I mean, Jack does that a ton now. Like that's one thing he's kind of cherry picked some of that Fangio stuff. And I, I, it's one of the reasons the defense here is so successful. Um, and so I, when I look at Philly, I look at the personnel there. I'm like, holy cow, do they have the personnel defensively along the defensive line to do that? Because they basically play, they're asking the guys to play like a gap and a half. They're not true two gapping, but they're basically playing like right. basically from like the head of the center to their gap and then to squeeze down the front side gap. So um, you got Jordan Davis, maybe the best two gapping player the league's seen in the last like 10 years coming out of college. You've got Jalen Carter, you've got Cox, you've got all these kind of big hosses inside. They can for sure do that. Brandon Graham can set a vertical edge like nobody's business. So I definitely think they're going to be in a situation where they'll be able to run. So like, we're, so a lot of teams, like for example, Minnesota um, did a lot of Vic Fangio stuff last year, but they, they, had, work. they had some injuries along the defensive line that prevented them from running this gap and a half system. And then it crushed them because then they had to commit more resources to the run. It was a big mess. I don't think that'll be an issue at all in Philadelphia. I think they've got enough really good, like enough high-end horsepower up front that that's going to be fine. And if they can detail it up, like it's tough to, to deal with that defense. They do some really fun stuff in terms of, you know, like this kind of cover three match quarters match type stuff that again, Jack is doing here. That's taken over the league. Like if they can get that done there, they definitely have the personnel to execute that at a high level. So that could be a really, really scary defense with some of that innovation. So no doubt about it. 